Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's moderately prepared, most moderately prepared podcast chronicling Fearless Records Punk Ghost series. I'm trying to do it a little bit differently. I've noticed mm-hmm. that a couple of times my intros are a bit explosive and I'm trying not to be explosive. I see. So yeah, I'm trying to trying to break it down a little bit, trying to just, you know, have a soothing presence to this entrance to this podcast. <laughs> I've already spoken a lot, haven't I? <laughs> it's just a mile a minute. Um I didn't say I wouldn't speak solo. I wouldn't speak quickly. I'm just going to speak quietly. Quietly and quickly. Please don't turn it into like an ASMR kind of like... I'm I'm just going to talk really quietly. I still don't know what ASMR is. It's... Well, I don't know what it stands for, but look, that's the joy of technology is I've got my phone right here. You've got a phone and an iPad in front of you. I do. Just... Phone and a tablet. ASMR. Back in my day, tablets were on stone. That's ah. how old I be. Do you want to know what ASMR stands for? Yeah. Uh, am I going to be scared? No. Okay. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It is an experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia and may overlap with frisson. Not frisson, frisson. Frisson? I don't know. Anyway, it's that thing where you hear a sound and it makes you feel all tingly. Oh, so polystyrene gives me that. It gives me that this uncomfortable... Oh, see, no. I think, like, ASMR, the idea is it's meant to be nice, not, like, upsetting. Okay. So, like, do you ever hear, like... I get it with certain pieces, well, not pieces of music, but, like, certain musical bits from, like, favourite songs and bands and stuff where you get that, like, the hair sticks up on the back of your neck and it's kind of nice and... Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like that, but on crack. So then you have those ASMR YouTubers and God knows who else where they lean in really close to the microphone. I'm, I'm very tickled right about now. <laughs> it's yeah, it's weird. Um I can I can see the appeal. But yeah. Like I'm not going to yuck anyone's yums like it's it's a thing. Are oh, you wait by episode 7 I will be fully immersed in ASMR. I mean, we could do an ASMR episode next week. And we would just have to involve a lot more like leaning in and just sort of like Scratching things and, and talking in really breathy tones. Nah, that's fine. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like hell on my back. So, because I'd have to lean forward, <laughs> I'd be leaning forward, and now I'm talking quietly. Yes, I also feel like talking quietly for an extended period of time could be tricky for you. What are you What are you saying? <laughs> I'm just saying that you're very expressive. Good save. What? <laughs> I I gave you a compliment. I said good save. I got a very squeaky chair. It's going to sound like farts. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. 
Welcome. I... Welcome to Punk Goes Pod. Yeah. As I said previously, the internet's moderately prepared and researched podcast chronicling Fearless Records Punk Go series. Hopefully it's the only podcast chronicling Fearless Records series. I guess we'll, we'll find there's... out eventually. Someone will be annoyed and get in touch with us. Well, if there's more, then they'll have the market on either being the least prepared or the most prepared, but we got the medi- most. We got the moderately most. I'm trying to find medium. The medium, the word for medium, that's fine. In this context. We're the internet's painfully average there podcast. You there you go. Chronicling the Fearless Records Punk Goes collection. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. How's your week been? Uh, it's been... It's been fine. It's been a week. I had a driving lesson today. Yes. As you know, because we live together and have done for quite a few years now. Um, yeah. Sat for a driving test a few weeks ago to get my full license and flunked it. So, back on the horse. And just yeah, good, good on you though. Like you, you are giving it. You're getting back in there, and you're giving it a red hot go, as yeah, they say. Yeah, no, you haven't let it turn you away from driving. That's yeah. I didn't know what I was going to say. I think just me as a person has let myself be put off by driving, but that's fine. There I goes don't that want. Chair again. We should invest in better infrastructure for this. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's a thing. Hopefully I don't have to renew my learner's permit in September. Um, Because I will be very sad if I have to do that. Because that will mean I have had my learner's permit for 10 years. And I am also 28, so I should just be on my license by now. In your defence, you moved to the city at... 17, 18? S- 17. That's, yeah. yeah, 17, 18. So you didn't really need a license this is true. to get around. But I'm proud of you for going for it. Why, and, thank you. And I I know you will get it whenever you do. It'll be a great celebration. And if there's a couple more speed bumps, then there are. Thank you. Say la vie. Why, thank you. I saw an interesting thing this week. As I was heading out to a posh suburb to play, it's not it's not D and D. It's uh, it's a game that my buddy has created, mm-hmm. and it's a t- I guess it's a tabletop dice and paper and dice RPG. Yeah, and they were babysitting not babysitting house sitting his girlfriend's his partner's parents' place, and that's a very swank house in a very swank neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I went to the local grocer, the IGA there, and there was a girl who tried to purchase just some snacks with some euros. A girl, a girl from a private school or something, and she was just like, "Can I, can I purchase this with euros?" And the girl behind the counter almost laughed at her. I I like to think that that's her way of shoehorning into the conversation that she's just been to Barcelona or something yeah. like that. Like, oh, God, sorry. Like, oh, look at all these euros in my wallet. I guess I forgot to clean it out after I went on my multi-stop European tour. 
over the summer with my parents. Because that's one of those things that if you're coming back with a significant amount of other currency, that's it back. That's like the last, either the last thing you do before you leave, or the first thing you do when you come back is you swap it back at the airport. Yeah, you swap it back to your current currency. Yep, current currency. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that that was funny. Can I pay for this with euros in an Australian grocer? That's brilliant. Yeah. I must admit there are times where I have a few Kiwi coins floating around because they've somehow gotten through. This, they, I guess like New Zealand and Australian coins look relatively similar, except that New Zealand has... Yours the, makes sense. Yeah. We've got the... Well, we. I say we being an ex-Kiwi. Um, Still a Kiwi. Well, yeah. Dual citizen. But um, yeah. The $2 is bigger than the $1, which... Makes all the sense in the world. Exactly. Um, but yeah, somehow every now and then, like I saw a dollar on our, or what I thought was a dollar on our kitchen table, I was like, I am going to take this and spend it, but it's a Kiwi $2 coin. So. Save it for the next time we're over there. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, every now and then I'm kind of just tempted to chuck it in with a bunch of other change and get rid of it, but I will not because I am an upright citizen. Zitizen. Yeah. I like it, Zitizen. That's what we call them in New Zealand, is Zitizens. I used to... You'd you'd round up, um, when I worked in a bottle shop, and you'd round up the price, so it was always like nine ninety eight. I had a customer who got a bit shirty with me, I guess you'd say, when I told him that it was $10. He's like, oh, I thought it was 9 something. I said, yeah, it's $9.98. Yes. Do you have the 98 cents? Because <laughs> I'll take the 98 cents if you've got it. Knowing full well that here in Australia, we don't have $1 and $2. Uh, one, one cent and two cent coins. I We used to, but we don't. I wonder if, if you had them, I know they're out of production now and like out of circulation. Could you essentially get off on a technicality of being like, but it was once currency? I, I honestly, I had it in my mind that if, because it was five cents, all the five cents that you, that they'd be losing. Yeah. I honestly would have, if someone came in and said, I have $9.98 exactly, I would have said, cool, there yeah. you go. Take yeah. your, take your item. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. I would have taken it. I had, I had, I had that in my mind prepared just in case someone had, you know, the 98 cents or whatever. <laughs> Because I feel like if I'd been that guy on the receiving end of you being like, have you got the 98 cents? I would have said no, put the item away, and then gone and found <laughs> some old <laughs> one and two cent coins and come back and been like, ask me that again. The guy was a bit of a jerk, so yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. He probably like stumbled across at least like a two cent piece cleaning out something and was like, oh man, I wish I'd had this. Uh, he he used to come in a bit and he um, he yelled at a couple of the girls who worked there because they offered him a plastic bag. Oh my god! And he was saying stuff like he's friends with or not friends with the dolphins, but he's just like he's what? like think about the dolphins. Yeah, and and they were just like whatever, dude. So yeah, fun times working customer service. Oh, always. It's it's a rite of passage. It teaches you to be. Just a decent human being. How Singapore has the... When you turn 18, you either have to go to the army or go to the police force for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
I think that in our society, we should have a mandatory, at some point, you have to work customer service for a few years. Yeah. Just so you have the basic understanding of how to talk to another person and how to treat another person. Yeah. It's, and any, yeah, you can pick them out a mile away, like anyone who hasn't had to do a crappy hospitality job or a crappy retail job because... That, yeah, they just don't have that basic sense of empathy. Like, if something is taking too long to arrive at a table, obviously, yes, it gets to a point where you're sort of like, okay, I need to follow up on this, but you don't need to get shitty about it. No. But, yeah, as yeah, every now and then, like, you'll be dining out with someone or shopping with someone, and you can just tell, like, you never had to no. be on the receiving end of this, did you? No. <laughs> yeah. So... This is the first episode of our Politeness and Manners podcast. Oh, we can't do that. It's already done. Oh, manners. Yeah. Shout out to Travis and Teresa McElroy on the Maximum Fun Network. I'm sure they don't have a podcast where they get to talk about pop punk covers, though. This is true. Yeah. So I was hoping to steer the conversation into, like, a clever little foreshadowing, like, segue... You know how, like... No, no, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I'm, I'm exaggerating. You uh, go. I thought you were lifting your hand to be like, and we will pause here and insert something. I was like, I don't know what we'll put in, but sure. I mean, I had, I have something, but you go. You go. No, you go. Well, no, no, no just you go with what you're going to go no, with. No, because it's going to lead into the song, so you go first. Well, I was just going to talk about Area 51 again. Because of the song, the film... That we're talking about. Right. Yes. Well, then I'll do my thing first. Yes. That's what I was trying to get you to do. Because <laughs> I knew yours would be better. Maybe this is a this is a learning opportunity for me that maybe I should communicate with you ahead of time <laughs> what I was going to do. And also sometimes <laughs> if I'm just saying mine isn't important, you go, then you just go. Much like driving. I don't get that. Me neither. So, so I did my driving lesson. I have a test coming up. And as I was driving today, I was remembering a former driving teacher that I had who was very kind, but I ultimately lost my nerve and never went and saw him again because we were driving one time and I made some stupid maneuver. And instead of just being like, yep, that's fine. You'll get over it. And continuing with our lesson I just sort of said to him, hey, do you mind if I just pull over for a second? He was like, yep, cool. So I pulled over and then just burst into tears. <laughs> so, like, he was a good guy, but, yeah, obviously I didn't go back to him when I decided to get back on the horse that is driving. But one thing that always stuck with me with him was an acronym that he taught me when I am about to perform the manoeuvre of just turning a corner, like signalling and turning a corner. Yeah. So your first step is check your mirrors. Then you mm-hmm. want to put on your indicator to indicate where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then you want to cover the brake. So mirrors, indicator, brake. Otherwise known as MIB. What's that stand for? Men in black.
come to MIBs. Men in Black. So are you glad that we put that little fancy anecdotal thing in? Because it is true. It's absolutely true. I didn't make it up. Mirrors, indicators, break. That was one of the first lessons. He was like, you know the movie Men in Black? I was like, yep. And he's like, that's how I remember how to turn MIB. And I was like, you're a cool guy. (laughs) And then I... (laughs) And then you proceeded to not get any more lessons from him. No, like we had a couple of lessons, but I just... It was one of those things, like, it was absolutely me projecting, but whenever I stuffed up, me projecting onto him, I could just feel him being like, what is your problem? Like, he was perfectly lovely, but I was so nervous back then that I was just like, oh god, like, he's sick of me, like, I'm a dumb driver and this is just wasting both of our time, and then, yeah, it ultimately culminated in me pulling over in the back streets of West Footscray and having a bit of a weep. As he sort of looked at me and was like, "It's okay." <laughs> oh, I'm 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 sorry that that happened to you. So I'm his also character building is fine. <laughs> I'm also sorry that that happened to him. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been going back to my bottle shop job. I have had more than once, and this is why I pretty quickly learnt: you don't ask how are you, you just greet them with a hello. Oh yeah, because I had multiple times early on. I first time I was like, "How are you?" to a lady, and she's just like, she just bursts oh, into tears. No. I just put my dog down today, and oh. now I need to drink some wine. And like the guy I was working with was he was like at that time probably in his late fifties. He was he was like in his early sixties, and he's just gone. Yep, Sam. That's why I don't ask how are you. I just say hello. Yeah, and that would be a lesson that I would then pass on to newer people. When that sort of stuff would happen to them, I'm like, that's why I just say hello. It's not that I don't care, it's just that I'm a stranger, why are you crying at me? See, it's hard, because, like, I can see both ends of the social convention of how are you. Like, there are days when I will ask someone, how are you? And they, like, I've never had someone just burst into tears before. But you do get people who are like, oh, actually, like, really shit, like, this happened and this happened. And you just sort of think, like, whoa, like... I am merely fulfilling that social contract of interacting with someone I barely know and just doing the, hi, how are you going? Yeah, it's a, it's a hello. It's, it's basically what it is. I'm not actually asking how you yeah. are. Yeah, and it's crap. And I don't like that it's a thing that we just have to do. But unfortunately, like, it's just one of the uh, social lubricants, if you will, just to sort of keep conversations going. But then on the flip side, there are days when people are like, hi, how are you? And you're just like, yeah, good, thanks. And all you want to do is be like, you know what? I'm actually really bad. Like, yeah. this happened and this happened and I'm having a terrible day. And look, there were, like, well, the day that I flunked my driver's test, I went and tried out a pie shop in Footscray. Shout out to Pie Thief. You guys are great. And I ordered a Milo and I ordered a pie and I ordered a slice of vanilla slice and... The, that sounds amazing right about now. Yeah, and the woman behind the counter was like, that's, like, good choice. Like, I like that you've just got a full meal going. I was like, yeah, I just failed my test. I'm eating my feelings. And so, like, I can be that person who does the oversharing. And look, I'm someone who starts to cry with driving instructors, so it kind of makes sense that that's who I am. But, yeah, I, like, 
I both fully support and then also wish we could change that convention of, hi, how are you? I am good, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I need to learn to... I don't... I, I'm getting better at it. I had a period where I wouldn't ask back. I wouldn't ask what's... Uh, <laughs> like, sometimes I would just... People would be like, hello, how are you? I'd be like, hey, I'm good. Or, yeah, I'm all right. And I know, I know it's bad. I know it's really, it's, that's kind of the height of rudeness. And this is why we don't have... I'm making a face at him. This is why we don't have a politeness podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and you would get people that don't really, that didn't really notice. But then other people would just sort of be like, the fuck's this guy's problem? (laughs) And so, yeah, no, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I am reciprocating. Yes. The, I do it now. Yes. It was a while ago. I just kind of got sick of... I got sick of the conversations. I got sick of the, you know, the needless conversations about weather and just crap. And it was customer service. It was, you know, I'm still in customer service, but I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Again, I can see it from both sides. Like, as someone who do do does very much try to follow those little things that like those little automatic things that just keep life like humming along like yeah when it is a rainy day that's probably the first thing that i'm going to mention to anyone at a cafe or something like oh god look at the weather today like i can hear myself doing it and i'm just like i hate myself right now but it's easy and it just sort of keeps things going but then on the flip side Absolutely, when you're caught in a conversation with someone where you're just like, I kind of just want to die right now, but... I remember hearing something about a dating... It's like speed dating, but one of the things that was like, you can't talk about these topics, and the weather was one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, you had to... You had to basically think about what you were going to say. What if you're a meteorologist, though? Well, then that's interesting, though. Yeah, but it's the weather. What do you do? Well, then you just talk about something else. You talk about your hobbies. Because that's your job. So. <laughs> I know. I, know. I love that you've, you've obviously thought about this already. And you're just like, nope. <laughs> if you're a meteorologist, too bad. You're not allowed to talk about You're a meteorologist, about fuck you. <laughs> you're on your own. But, you have to charm them some other way. But you know what? We'll need to uh, get through all of this feelings and stuff. What? A neuralizer. Yes. Bringing it back. Well done. <laughs> very good. Let me own this. I'm proud. No, no. That was genuine. It's very easy to go off topic. And that's how we... <laughs> that's how our shows go for nearly two hours. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. So, Men in Black. Mm-hmm. The, by Will Smith. By Will Smith featuring Coco? Yeah. So, guest vocalist. I just assumed it was some... Studio, yeah, just a um, what's the thing? Gun for hire, like, yeah, yeah, um, gun, gun for hire, hired gun. It's one of those two. Yeah, there's something. There's there's a hired and a gun, and who cares about the order? I care a little bit. I do I'm as not well. Let it get to me. I do as well because the people that are either hired guns or guns for hire, they're great people. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I just assumed it was someone that this record label slash studio was like yep cool we've got someone who can come in and smash us out but yeah the guest vocals or the uh i guess yeah the other vocals are by coco from the band swb not b v uh, so i'm sure it's probably maybe short for swerve 
But at the same no, time... No, it's not. I am going to pull up the page that I looked up on them. But this is kind of... This was... Like, it had my interest because it's... It was kind of at a time when you had these girl groups that were all, like, three letters. Mm-hmm. SWV, TLC. Here in Australia, we had S2S, Sister to Sister. M2M, who did that song for the Pokemon soundtrack. M2M, there you go. But Mother any- to Mother. Anyway, so SWV stands for Sisters with Voices. Oh, wow, they're all families. TLC, they were a family, weren't they're, they? They're not necessarily sisters. They're just like sisters in the colloquial sense. Yeah. So they... True. Are. So if you Google them, it's still in present tense, but are slash were an American R&B vocal trio from New York City. So, yeah, Coco being one of the members, she provides the guest vocals on this song. Uh, Apparently, SWV were one of the most successful R&B groups of the 90s. So you might know singles such as Week or Right Here or I'm So Into You. I'll admit I didn't know any of them. No, no, maybe they didn't really... Maybe they weren't terribly popular over here. Yeah, like it never quite filtered over here. But still, shout out to Coco. Excellent work on this track. I love this track. Like, it's great. How great is this song? Yeah. This is a positive week this week. It really is. So and Even though we've just talked about, like, crying in cars. Oh, and, oh it's all up from being, here, though. being assholes with their, uh, with, with not asking people how they are and that sort of stuff. But, no, yeah. No, it's all not uphill from here. Like. Yeah. So, the song was released in 1997 off the album... Or Men in Black, the album, which we'll come back to shortly. And it also, of course, featured on Will Smith's album, Big Willie Style, <laughs> which I am 12. I find that very funny. And I don't know if it was deliberate or not. Do you think it was? Oh, yeah. Oh, but he was very clean. That's what I mean. Like, was that him trying to be a little bit, like, naughty? He's Despite very, his image. He's very clean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I... I think it's him. No, I think it is him being a little bit. I think it's a nod to big a big Willie like, style. Like maybe it's a little bit, but it's not like he's not saying like big cock style or anything <laughs> like that. It's like you know, I I'm just thinking of big Willie style and you know him and slick Willie Bill Clinton. Oh God! From the nineties. Oh man! Oh, that slick Willie. Ugh! Yuck. So, anyway, um, obviously, as you would have guessed by both the title and the album from which it came, not Big Willie style, it was the theme song for the film of the same name, Men in Black. Yes. Was it released in 97 as well? Yes. Yes. So, for those of you who somehow were living in a vacuum during that time, it is... Oh, Men in Black was huge. It is a film about... Essentially like a CIA-run department kind of thing. Well, yeah, the the Men in Black were government-run? Yeah, they're like a government age, agency. Agency. That deals with aliens. And just like extraterrestrial sort of beings. Yeah. Because I, I, we watched it not that long ago. And it's um, it holds up. It holds up the, surprisingly well. For the, for the first part. It's, it's, like, is it their, are they the last defense, last line of defense between humanity and extraterrestrials or something? Yeah. And it's also, they're also, part of their job is 
keeping the peace and it's also making sure that humans don't find like humanity doesn't find yeah. out because they think that we'll just freak out so which we probably would so there's sort of like a diplomatic conduit between extraterrestrials and if so like if aliens are extraterrestrials does that mean that we're just terrestrials or no What's or the etymology it, does, of extraterrestrial? Does, does terrestrial come from the term terra, meaning earth? That's what I would have thought. Or let's, is that... No. You know what? Let's do a quick deep dive into this. I'm looking now it I'm, up now. Thank you. Terrestrials. It's, um... No, yeah, so they, they're kind of like the, the, the... They're the alien police. They're one if you're going to fuck shit up, then no, they'll, they'll arrest you. They'll arrest you if you, you know, don't act according to earth's guidelines of you know hey put on a human face i thought you were looking up the meaning of the word extraterrestrial well terrestrial is an inhabitant of the earth yes so i was right on that so yes extraterrestrial being of or from outside the earth or its atmosphere so we would be terrestrials we are terrestrials so they're essentially yeah they ET are... was an extraterrestrial yes yes so they strive for Diplomacy between terrestrials and extraterrestrials. Yes. But then they also somewhat cover up the existence. Oh, they 100% cover up the existence. Yes. Yes. So that is, in a nutshell, what Men in Black is about. Starring Will Smith and Tommy... Lee Jones. Yes. And their boss, Zed, is Rip Torn. I love his name because both of his names mean the same thing. Rip, Rip and Torn. Did he die recently or am I imagining things? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look him up. I don't think he has. No. But Rutger Howard just died this week. Yeah, I know. That's sad. So Rutger Howard being the guy who played... He played a replicant in... He played the replicant. The replicant in Blade Runner. I can't remember what his name was. Oh, yeah, no. Rip Torn died in July this year. Oh. So not that long ago. Um, Yeah. Love his name. They both mean the same thing. Rip Torn. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Rutger Hauer. So I I saw a thing online where someone was like, so in Blade Runner, he played a replicant who died in the year 2019. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, because Blade Runner was set in 2019. Yeah. Because the new one is set in 2049, so 30 years after. So, yeah. The original. Shit. Life imitating art. Yeah, I showed you Blade Runner and you were not impressed. I was not impressed. And, I was bored. And you also saw 2001 A Space Odyssey and you were not impressed. I was this, not. This week. Uh, yeah, that's also ties in with the whole space thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick's Blade Runner is not a good movie in my books. Oh, look, I think... At if least you, the first half of it. I think if you're going to get a, an exciting Stanley Kubrick movie, it's The Shining. The Shining's yeah. probably his best yeah. Just, it's suspenseful and whatnot, but also you have to know that he he terrorised Shelley Duvall on the set of that movie, so yeah. it's not terribly good as well. Uh, he, he strikes me as not a great person from what I've heard, and also just the content of his video, not video, his videos, his films. Mm. Like, I couldn't finish A Clockwork Orange because it was truly upsetting. See, I think A Clockwork Orange is a great film. I wouldn't say I love the film though because it is it's not something that i could really watch too many i've seen i think i've seen it twice yeah. and i don't think i could i could maybe give it one more yeah um to be fair that's based off a book so it's not like it's him who came up with the. no i'd be interested to see what the book is like oh i don't know if i could hack it if it's anything like the movie that was very upsetting to me 
when I saw it. Apparently it ends because he's pretty young, the character Alex, and I think it sort of just, like, spoiler alert for, what, 50, 60-year-old book, but um, it just sort of ends and he's just like, yeah, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm married now with a kid. Yeah. yeah, it was just a part of my, it was just a thing that I was going through at the time. I was I was a young, silly kid. Like he just sort of has this really kind of lackadaisical, like, oh yeah, it's just boys being boys, but it's like, oh. yeah, I I guess in that that in itself could be social commentary of like I did all this horrible stuff, but hey, what can you do? Like, yeah, especially in terms of like toxic masculinity or just gender politics, like, yeah, that classic trope of when a woman is murdered news outlets will do their darndest to find out that he was a family man and he wasn't usually like this and oh no i wonder what happened to him to make him lash out at his partner like this and then yeah anyway we said this was uh this was on the up and up i know <laughs> and we brought it back down again so yeah stanley kubrick just no anyway back to men in black stanley kubrick's men in black no that would be a much different movie it would so anyway what do you think of men in black both the movie but to a bigger extent obviously a greater extent the song well i mean 97 this was kind of it was a big year for pop culture but this was also sort kind of everywhere yeah men in black because oh yeah you you just discovered today it had a cartoon well, no, you didn't discover I knew, big, but it big... was one of those things that I just completely forgot yeah, about. Yeah, it came back yeah. into your memory banks. It had a really bad PS1 game. That was kind of... I think oh. that might have been the first game I ever played that I went, wait, video games can be bad as well as good? <laughs> it was just... It was needlessly difficult. It yep. had a puzzle that was just... All you had to do was defuse a bomb, but you... It was incredibly difficult, and I don't know if we had internet at that time, so I couldn't look it up, how to get past it. So that was, I've rented that from a local video, Easy, Easy spelled E-Z-Y, and that was my weekend. I couldn't get past the first stage. So good on you, Men in Black, the PS1 game, you fucking ruined it. (laughs) You, You cocked it up. You dingus. You dingus. But no, I... Loved the movie. Mm-hmm. I owned it on VHS. Yep. It came in a green box. Ah, oh, sick. And no, it was it was one of those. Like I said, it just it still holds up. The CGI is a little bit. Like it looks a little bit dated, but it still looks pretty decent. It's yeah, it's not as stilted as I was expecting, and I've noticed that with the films of that time. The CGI, like, yes, it's crap compared to what CGI is now, but it's still, it doesn't look completely off. I think also it's mainly, I can't really remember, I think it's mainly the big bug at the end is the CGI part. Yeah. Everything else. They do a lot of practical effects. A lot of it's puppets. Yeah. And a lot of it's makeup. Yeah. Like, like his, his Vincent D'Onofrio's character as he's slowly decomposing as the bug guy. Is he, he the sugar water guy? Yeah, yeah. The, um, sugar water. Yeah, like, he's just... That's just all makeup. Except for probably when he yeah. pulls it back. That's yeah. that's probably CGI. Yeah. But, like... And that still looks really good. And it's, it's, it's this thing, like, it's gross and it's kind of unsettling, but it also... It has... It has Big Willy in it. And it's... It 
you know, it's still, it's funny. It yeah. has its charm and, and hell, apparently, you know, I don't know. I, I thought I had a fact, but I didn't really have a fact. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to, I was going to continue on with that and I don't know what. No, the film though, it That's was just, it, yeah, and it was, I can sort of remember it coming out at the time when I think like Hercules, the animated show was out around about then the Godzilla American movie was out. Not that long after by animated show Hercules. Do you mean the Disney film, the animated film? Oh yeah. But, uh, and I'm also talking about like they had, the sh- they had a show. That's right. Hercules yeah, car- had a show. Yeah, yeah, Men yeah. in Black yeah. had a show. Godzilla had a show. Yep. Go figure. All cartoons. Everything had a show. I, I, I remember thinking it was a bit risky, but the Pulp Fiction cartoon was... Um, there was a Pulp Fiction was cartoon? ...was really good, and so was um, Eyes Wide Shut, the cartoon, was... was It was all right. I, I think that it kind of... Are you joking? Yes. <laughs> there was no Pulp Fiction cartoon, Aww. no Eyes Wide Shut cartoon, and no Forrest Gump cartoon, although apparently the Forrest Gump book is wild, and so is its sequel. I am grumpy at you for leading me down that rabbit hole. No, not rabbit hole, that... What's that thing? Shame hole. No, it's like leading you down the garden path or whatever, like... Okay. How dare you? I was like, how the hell was there a Pulp Fiction cartoon? (laughs) I'm also very dumb, so... But the song... Yes. The song rips. It is a great song. I talked about in the first episode, um, in Heaven is a Place on Earth... The baseline in that was sick. This baseline absolutely shreds. It's amazing. It's, I yeah. It's been a while since I played a bass. It sounds like it's it's slap bass, slap it a bass, slapping and plucking. It sounds like the. I could listen to that all day. We should note that the music component of this song, which I guess is all, but like the tune is a sample of a song called "Forget Me Nots." by Patrice Russian, released in 1982. You will notice the chorus is very similar. Like, they've essentially bastardised some of the lyrics to fit the theme of the song not the song the theme of the movie um so yeah neat little nod to its original it's it will come up again when i don't know which week it is whenever we do (sighs) falling in reverse covering gangster's paradise by Mm -hmm. coolio but coolio sampled pastime paradise from stevie wonder yep and turned that into gangster's paradise so it'll come up again that that sort of topic of sampling and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. At a later date. Which obviously very common among hip-hop R&B tracks and yeah. artists. Um, and yeah, I like it when songs sample other songs. Yeah. To great effect like this. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's neat. What do you think of the movie? Yeah. Like, I liked it when I was a kid. Um, I like it as an adult. It's also, I can't remember how long it goes for. I get the feeling it's like a cool 80 minutes or something as well. Because it's, it's... Basically everything back then was. And I really miss that. I don't understand why movies have to be a million no, years long were, now. There were long movies back then as well. Were there? 
Forrest Gump goes for oh, at least like, two hours. Pulp, like anything Quentin Tarantino, he can't do a movie that goes for. Well, it's to do with the demographic, though. Like kids' movies were rightfully short. Yeah, because it's because you've got to hold the attention of a child, and you can yeah. only hold the attention of a Whereas child. Whereas now, so like, yes. uh, ninety-eight minutes it went for, but still. So what, like an hour forty, just about? Yeah, but it but it's fun. And yeah, it's, yeah. Whereas, yeah, like kids' movies these days, like starting with Harry Potter, I reckon, and then just sort of escalating from there. Like they're just so long. Yeah. Like every Marvel thing that comes out. Oh, it gets longer and longer. I just like, well, like I don't know. I enjoy the Marvel film somewhat, but by default, whenever there's a new one, I'm just kind of like, ugh, I guess. I will, I, on principle, I will almost want to go see any movie that's 90 minutes. Yeah. If you can get it done in 90 minutes, then I want to give you my money. And that's part of what pissed me off about 2001, is like, I heard these amazing things about it, and apparently me and my friend Helen, hi Helen, uh, apparently we... I thought she was here. No. <laughs> yeah, Helen just bursts in the door, hi guys. Um, a yeah. laugh track starts up as she, <laughs> as she turns into Kramer the from Seinfeld. Seinfeld bass. Oh, another sick bass. It, that's that's the wrong bass. Is it? No, that's the wrong. That's Dave Bow Bow. No, I wasn't. I was trying to do the what, like. There's like the do 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 do. See, so you just did the Dave Bow Bow thing. No, it's more like a guy going. Yeah, but I can't do that. Hence why I did the... Okay. So... So I'm wrong, you're right, yes. You're not right, and... I'm not, I'm not right. No, but like, I don't ex- We're both wrong, but you just did the same wrong thing. I'm wronger. So I would like an apology, please. I am so sorry. <laughs> but yes, no, 2001, it is drawn out. So yeah, and apparently we left... Right, as it was getting good. Yeah, you hadn't even seen Hell Killer anyone yet. But that... Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it. For, like, a 50-year-old movie. Hey, I've never watched it, and I still haven't. Because we left halfway through because it took so fucking long to get to the point. So, we have it on DVD here. I am going to watch it in the way I think it rightfully needs to be consumed, which is just start in the middle and run through the end. Yeah, we can do that, and then we can watch 2010. Because no. I, I have that as well. Absolutely not. Yes. What's 2010? 2010's the sequel. There's a sequel? There's, yes, it's 2010. <sighs> anyway. What were we talking about? Uh, Men in Black. Well, yes. <laughs> there was obvious... Okay, we were talking about how convenient it was. Yes, the length. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it. Love your work. I can't even think who directed it. That's alright. I know that Danny Elfman did the score and the... Danny Elfman's sick. I thought you were going to say Danny Elfman sucks. I was going to be no. like, get out. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman is basically just... Tim what? Burton's guy. That's not Johnny Depp. No, that's not what I was going to say. So Barry Sonnenfeld directed the film. He basically directed all the Men in Black films. All? Yeah. There was... There's like four. That's right. I think... Yeah, my God. He did... He did... Uh, he produced... Wild Wild West. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That new Men in Black movie. It wasn't amazing. No, it I wasn't. still had a good time. But it was alright. I just feel like there could have been more. It fulfilled exactly what I was expecting of it. I just wanted more. I wanted 
I don't know, more aliens, more guns or something. I just, it just, in the middle, it just dragged. And um, that's a movie that I think only went for about 90 minutes and that felt long. And you had, you have Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, mm. two people that have established chemistry as we've seen in Thor and we'll see again in the new Thor. Yeah. They're great. And it just, I don't know, just fell by the wayside. Oh. I wasn't as offended by it as you apparently are. I'm not offended by it. I just <laughs> I just think that it... And, you know, maybe there wasn't really demand for a new Man in Black film, as we saw when we went and saw it, and I think it was us and, like, two other people. Yeah. Which was a bit sad, but still. Anyway. Fun fact about this song, which is somewhat related to the movie. I once... <laughs> Another thing that I failed. I once failed to execute a performance of this song in grade. Ooh, I think I was grade two. Um, at our school concert, the end of year school concert, our teacher Mrs. Winray. Shout out to Mrs. Winray if you're listening. She Mrs. Walked, Winray. <laughs> she walked us through what was probably a very simple dance routine for the song, and that was going to be our class's performance. And we were all advised, like, wear black, wear black shirts, black pants, black shoes, wear some sunglasses, wear a hat, like, just get... Well, they didn't wear hats in the movie. I know, but... We'll I know, anyway. I'm, I'm being an idiot. And <laughs> so, yeah, we got into character, we were all, like, pumped, we were ready to go, got to Strathmerton Primary School, shout out Strathmerton... We got ready, we got on stage, and we all just collectively choked because our teacher couldn't make it. So she obviously wasn't, like, off in the wings doing the move so we could follow her. So just picture, like, a couple of rows of... Oh, God, how old are you in grade two? I would have been, like, six, seven. I was eight. I was slightly younger, remember? So, yeah, like, six, seven-year-old me just sort of standing there, like, deer in the headlights with my shades on... Probably, like, nodding a bit, but not knowing what else to do, and just multiply that by, like, 20. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. So. I just, Do your parents have footage of this? No, we were never that family that had, like, a camcorder or anything. Damn. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to ask my mum about it. I'll get her to... Um, I'll make that my project for... Before we release this, I'll interview my mother and get her to... Okay recount it from her perspective because for me it was just a what like i was gonna say like three to four minutes of sheer terror but obviously they would have turned it off after like yeah but see i can't remember because i obviously just blacked out from they had the neuralizer yeah obviously wow yeah technology Mm. How, how is that i mean i can't even execute an electric slide as we learned today Yes, because, fun fact, the dance routine that they do in the music video is essentially a slightly modified version of the electric slide. Yeah, that's another fine segue by by S. Agent S, that's me. Ah, uh, so are we agents now? Yeah. Agents S and E. Yeah. Speaking of the video, can I just read out the blurb that someone has obviously written about the video on Wikipedia? Because it's just... Buckwild. Can I um, give you my anecdote about the video? Oh beforehand? yes, yes, of course. So please, I, as I mentioned, I had the VHS tape, yes. and before the movie started, they played the film clip. Oh, I used to love when videos had that. I know that DVDs did, but it just isn't the same. But and you know, it was a VHS, so you couldn't you could only fast forward past it. 
yeah. if you didn't want to watch it. And so I went to, it's called After School Care here in Australia, and it's basically they set something up in the school for kids who, if their parents work a little bit late, then they stay behind mm-hmm. with some carers and other kids, and they get picked up when their parents can pick them up. So I would do that a couple of times a week because my parents worked a bit later on certain days. Mm-hmm. And one of the days I brought in my VHS copy of Men in Black because the the staff there would love it because, oh, we've got them distracted for 90 minutes to yeah. two hours. Yep. It would be really easy. So they'd always welcome VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. So I bring Men in Black and we're watching it and the, we're going through the film clip and I'm sitting next to this kid who was the older brother of a girl in my class. I don't remember either of their names, so sorry about that. I'm assuming that they listen. They don't. But I'm, I'm sitting next to this kid, and there's a bit in the film clip where the alien that he dances with yes. uh, turns to run away, and Will Smith runs after him in slow motion. And the kid I'm sitting next to is just... He's just breathlessly, breathlessly just goes, oh my God, he's so fast. (laughs) It's not, it's not how cool is Will Smith? Oh my God, he's a great rapper or dancer. It's just, oh my God, he's so fast. Of all the things that you could be known for, like being known for your speed and agility, that's brilliant. Look out. Usain Bolt, because <laughs> yeah, apparently, hot on your heels. Because apparently, Will Smith is so fast. <laughs> what a legend! <laughs> Both Will Smith and that guy who acknowledged it. Hell yeah! Because that was also at a time I think Will Smith. Besides, I thought he rapped in everything. He did like two, didn't he? He did this history. and then Wild Wild West and The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Was he in that movie Switch? Switch. He was in the movie Hitch. Hitch. Was there a song for Hitch? I don't know, but I can... I hear you saying you want me to recite the entire Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. No, I really don't. Well, this is the story. I... All about how. I want... I'm going to... I'm going to record myself doing it, and I'm just going to cut myself in. You can't stop me. I guess I can't. No. The payoff for that is that you have to do extra work to produce this, so... Bastard, always one step ahead of me. <laughs> so anyway, the Wikipedia page about the film clip. Yes. Buck Wild. So, well, I don't know. I obviously have a different idea of Buck Wild to other people. I just, obviously someone has, like, I just love that someone has taken the time to do this. Because, like, look, it could be in the sense of, like, anyone who is visually impaired, it gives them an overview of what's going on. But it's just so in-depth, and I love it. So, fun fact about the video, it was directed by Robert Caruso, who has also done music videos or worked with the likes of Green Day, Soundgarden, Public Enemy. So, pretty big names. Pretty big names. Um, He's also directed commercials for big brands along the lines of Levi Strauss, Time Warner, and Taco Bell. So, yeah, bit punk, a bit commercial, a bit all over the shop. Yeah. Jack of all trades. As we looked at the last music video director who just does what's given to him yeah yeah yep so music video according to wikipedia robert caruso directed the video as you know video starts with a dark hallway lighting up tommy lee jones enters from around the corner and begins to explain in a voiceover the purpose of the men in black will smith enters with the line and we dress in black (laughs) 
There is then a cut to what appears to be an alleyway, a steel box which looks a bit like a commercial refrigerator in the middle. The surface begins to deform and show a glowing light from within. The video then cuts to several scenes of agents experiencing, experiencing, experimenting on alien organisms and technology, with Will wrapping into further detail of the operations <laughs> of the men in black. It soon has them surrounded by MIB agents in a warehouse, in the middle of the dance routine. Like, I love that they just jump, like, this very oddly specific thing to do with, this like... This is someone who studied yeah. this film. <laughs> in the middle of the dance routine, an alien, Mikey from the film, comes in and screams at Will. Will Smith then leads the agents and the alien to do a modified electric slide. There you go. Where the alien slips out in the middle. After dancing along with the agents, he goes after the alien. This is where your friend was like, he's so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same glowing light from the beginning of the video is then seen in the driver's seat of an SUV. The two female agents who were with Will in the vehicle, which speeds off just as Will reaches it. That sentence doesn't even make sense. Anyway. Disappointed, he, I'm picking he means Will, puts on his glasses and takes out a neuralizer, pointing it at the camera. Sidebar... For those of you who haven't seen Men in Black, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, a neuralizer yeah, is... How a... dare you? Yeah. <laughs> first of all, how dare you? The second thing is a neuralizer is a device that the Men in Black use to Wipe erase memory. immediate memory. Like, memory of the event of, like... It has a dial for how far it's back. Yeah. Goes. So if someone encounters an alien, they could swoop in, take care of it, and then wipe that person's memory so they don't spill any secrets. But in going on the theme of, you know, efficiency, it's not like Will Smith is like pulls it out and is like, um, uh, I think I'll go back maybe <laughs> two, two um, and a half. Yeah. You still with me? Okay, now. Pew! Or maybe he does it, but he's just so fast. We don't know. <gasps> he is so He's so fast. He is. He's so fast. So back to the... There's only one more paragraph, guys, so bear with me. (laughs) It's the longest paragraph on the page. (laughs) Yeah. Two versions of the video were made, alternating the flash. In one version of the video, the flash takes the viewer back to the empty hallway from the opening scene, effectively erasing the video's contents entirely, as if ensuring the viewer doesn't remember what they saw in the video. While in the other, the flash produces a white screen, just before the flash in both, Will says, somewhat regretfully, sorry. And that is the description on Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. Though he doesn't sound regretful about anything. because I. It's I, not regret, it's more just a... I think he loved doing Men in Black. Ah, I thought you were saying, like, in character. In general. As agent. No, Will Smith. That's something, I'm sorry, to harp back on the 2019 film, they couldn't get him... They had a perfect moment because it's basically they show her from a ch- as a child in the 90s. Yeah. And they couldn't... First of all, he hasn't aged. So yeah. you wouldn't need to put that much makeup on him anyway. But secondly, there was a scene where you see them from a distance. You see a couple of men in black from a distance. You're telling me you couldn't have had him for a day just to do that one bit? Come on. They All right. They had the painting of them. On the wall. Which I was about to mention, but thank you for taking care of that. They had a painting on the wall, and that was was about it. I just wanted... I wanted a little something. I wanted a little something. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Okay. That's all right. (laughs) I I don't feel hurt by the Men in Black new movie anymore. Yeah. You're not mad, just disappointed. 
I just miss when he would rap on stuff. He did rap on stuff, didn't he? In West Philadelphia. No. Don't. You know I can do it. Unfortunately, this is going to be our last episode of Punk Goes Pod. It's been a wild ride, but I just can't do it anymore. This is going to be. This is going to turn into a podcast where I analyze every bar of the Absolutely Fresh Prince of Bel Air song. <laughs> oh, I, uh, well, no, that's fine. You can do that. Sure. I something that I love about in the film clip when they're doing the dance. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where he kind of stops and he watches, what was the alien's name? Mikey? Mikey. He watches Mikey and he kind of like tries to sort of imitate the moves. So I'm wondering if that was just something that he goofed and they just sort of caught it on camera. Because like, what's he dancing next? Is he dancing next to a person in a suit or did they have, um, yeah, I think they had mocap back then. Yeah. Um, But it just kind of. capture. uh, Yeah. He just sort of like. And, like, he tries to then, and then I think it leads into the, the now, bat, like, bop um, with me. Oh, uh, what, it's the make your neck work. Yeah, yeah. make your neck work. Yeah. It, it leads into that. So it's like, you know, the men in black dance doesn't look terribly complicated. I'm sure I could probably learn how to do it pretty quickly. A bunch of grade ones couldn't, though. So, if yeah. speaking from personal experience, it is a difficult dance if you are six years old, six to seven years old. I'd like to think at 28 and 30, respectively, we could nail it. Yeah, well, a bunch of grade ones also couldn't fight me, so... You know what? I'm actually going to learn the dance now. I'm going to get closure on this. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. You and I. All right. You've, 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 you're a better dancer, because you, you've done a whole bunch of dancing I classes. I do enjoy dancing, yes. And, yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll cool. learn it. Cool. We'll cool. dress in black. We'll get some shades. Yeah. So, shall we talk a bit about how the song performed? Yeah. So, needless to say, in Australia and New Zealand, it reached number one. So, well done. I'd expect nothing less of this song. It is a true It reached number one in 2003. Because we're behind the times. (laughs) Again, (laughs) I'm going to need some heads up for these deadpan jokes. Because I do not have a brain to figure them out with... Um, no, it reached number one in its respective year. The sad thing is, like, if you had been talking about that with New Zealand, I might have believed you. Because <laughs> I feel like moving over here, I know that mum and dad in particular have remarked, like, a lot of just the Australian pop culture we missed out on in New Zealand. Yeah. And then there were things where it just feels like we were behind. Like, yeah. I feel like, even, not even now, but, like, I feel like New Zealand... God love New... I love New Zealand. Anyway, like, there was just a few years lag time between (laughs) pop culture moments here and then across the ditch. Anyway, so this song didn't chart on the Billboard Hot 100 in the US because it wasn't released as a commercial single, although it did top the airplay chart. Either way, it, it just killed it. It killed it on a bunch of charts. The ARIA charts, peak number one. Oh, we were all over it. The Eurochart Hot 100, number one. Sorry, we have established in earlier episodes what the ARIA charts are, haven't we? Australian Record Industry Awards. Yes, let me double check that. It's, it's, our, it's our charts. It's Australia's charts for anyone who may be listening outside of. <laughs> nice try on what ARIA stands for. Australian Record Radio. No. 
the Australian Recording Industry Association, ARIA. Oh, yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. But we I, do I, have the ARIA Awards. ARIA Awards, that's yes. where I'm getting. ARIA. 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 So, yes. Kill it. All round. Where else? It, yeah. Number one in New Zealand. Number one in Scotland. Oh, wow. Number one in Switzerland. Number one in the UK. In Australia, it was certified two times platinum. In France, it was diamond certified. Germany, three times gold. Platinum in Norway, platinum in Sweden, platinum in the United Kingdom. It's, we can all agree, it is an excellent song. Absolutely. It also won a Grammy Award in 1998 for Best Rap Solo Performance. Which I find kind of like, absolutely it is rap. But I just, I love that the Will Smith brand of rap is very wholesome as rap goes. It's so clean. Just very, yeah, very family friendly. Like, I I love it. Is Will Smith cool? I feel like his wife is cooler. His wife definitely has more like tangible cred to her name. She, I think they, I think they broke up only this year or they stopped playing this year. She was in a metal band. I thought you meant Will and Jada did. I was like, what? No, 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 no. Um, That's okay. Yeah, J- Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes. Uh, she was in a heavy metal band called Wicked Wisdom. Yeah. That at one point toured with Britney Spears. What? <laughs> oh my god! And that's not a deadpan joke. No, no, that's an actual. That's amazing. In like 2004. Ah. Oh. So I don't know if that was necessarily. I think it was 2004. I don't know if it was necessarily they were heavy, heavy at that point. That might have been an early stage of their career. But, yeah, they toured with Britney Spears. That's amazing. Um, like, they, they were her opening act. Yeah. I, look, I think Will Smith is cool in a nostalgic way. He was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Bad Boys. Yeah. His character was cool in Bad Boys. Yeah. He, like... I guess he's cool among our age demographic because he was targeting our age demographic back when we were kids. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like that thing, just that familiarity, like... And now he's... Look, he's 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 dad. He's dad, Will Smith, trying to trying to make careers for his kids. Yeah. Oh. Trying to, like, he, he keeps trying with Jaden. Jaden's doing all right. Jaden's doing all right. He has some weird tweets, but, you know... It's he's, nothing offensive, it's just... He's a philosopher of our time. I think just, he's great. It's just weird stuff. He's worked with Childish Gambino, like he's... Has he really? Yeah, he, um, on the Stone Mountain Kawaii EP, he did some guest, yeah. uh, like, guest versus raps. See, Childish Gambino is cool. Yes. Um, yeah, there's, you know, I don't give Family Guy that much credit, but they do have a very funny bit where it's talking about... Will Smith rapping in the recording studio, and it is very much just like you know, respect your parents and <laughs> and you know, go to go to bed on time and brush your teeth, and and then he keeps going like, woo hoo hoo yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's daggy, but he's cool. Yeah, like I mean, this is coming from two uncool people. Ah, so so like he's excellent. He's yeah, very very cool yeah. compared to us, for instance. Yeah, but it's also I could just see a lot of parents being like. You know what? I will get you Willennium. There's I will nothing... get you Big Willie style. Yeah, I'll get you Big Willie style. <laughs> I don't think there's anything kind of dangerous in that. Nah. So. I agree. And I got 
I burnt, I had burnt for me from my brother, again, Dr. Dre's 2001, and my mum did not like me listening to that. I thought you were going to say, and Will Smith was on it, I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, no, this is a guy who turned down the role of Django for Django Unchained because it was maybe a little bit too much. Can you imagine if he'd done it, though? I know. That would have, like... That would have, I reckon that would have almost kind of done what it did for John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Although, like, it wasn't like John Travolta was too clean or anything. It just would have... It would have given him a new career. In this. Yeah. Like, do different stuff. Like, your kids are adults now. Yeah. It's fine. You know. He also was... Um, I don't know if he was cast or if the role was offered to him to be Neo in The Matrix. Ah, oh, see, that would have, like... I kind of appreciate how, you know, either initially cast to be in it or it was offered to him yep and he decided to do wild wild west instead which skyrocketed his career one of those movies one of those movies became a franchise the other one didn't (laughs) but i like the fact that it's like well this main character in this movie could be anything because they you know eventually went with Keanu Reeves, yeah, who we can agree is amazing. Yes, um, yeah, and the fact that it's just like, well, he could be a black guy or he could be a white guy. Yes, yes, it did end up being a white guy in the end, but just the fact that it was, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Wachowski. Yeah, series. absolutely. Um, what was I going to say? So, although unfortunately Will was not on Dr. Dre's album. This song is in good company in terms of how it was released. Not throwing any woohoo-hoo-hoos in no. 2001. I feel like we need to get Richard onto that. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the album being Men in Black, the album. Men in Black, colon, the album. Um, it's one of those rare-ish cases where a film has an accompanying soundtrack, but pretty much none of the songs on it actually featured in the movie. So it essentially is just a mixtape of, like, hot sort of R&B, hip-hop acts of the time. And then it also has this song, and it also has Danny Elfman's two things from Men in Black. I had the Little Nicky soundtrack for the film Little Nicky. Oh, yeah. And it had songs from the movie, but then it also had some other songs. So it was like they made a mixtape. And it sounds like that's what they've done here. Yeah. And there was a P.O.D. song that I really liked that wasn't off their first album that I owned. Sick. So it was the only way I could listen to this one P.O.D. song because I was 12 and incredibly lame. (laughs) So, yeah, Men in Black, the album, it included the song Men in Black, obviously, but it also featured the likes of Snoop Dogg. It featured the likes of Genuine, Alicia Keys, The Roots, uh, who else? Destiny's Child on it? Yeah, A Tribe Called Quest. I think Alicia Keys and Destiny's Child, this actually somewhat debuted the two. Yeah. Um, So yeah, essentially just a really cool album, De La La Soul. Um, I've got to hear that Snoop Dogg song that's on there. Look, I think it's, that's the thing though. Ain't nothing but a G-thang baby? No. But, like, it's not necessarily, it's not themed. It's not, like, Alien Men in Black themed. It's just a mixtape. So, yeah, specifically the song is We Just Want to Party With You. So Snoop Dogg featuring Jermaine Dupri. 
Um, so yeah, it's cool. Like the album itself spent two consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. It yeah went three times platinum in the United States. So yeah, beyond that, the people who produced the song Poke and Tone, also known as the Trackmasters, they have previously or also done collaborations or worked with the likes of Mary J. Blige, Naz, JLo, the Notorious B.I.G. Somewhat, unfortunately, these days R. Kelly, but still, like, yeah, they've worked with big names in yeah. hip-hop and R&B. So, all in all, like, a great song, great production, great entertainment value, in good company in terms of what it was being released alongside and what it was being recorded for... 10 out of 10. I like it. And you might notice that we're not talking about the lyrics because literally the lyrics are about being in the Men in Black. Yeah. Being, being in MIB. So, yeah. I think that it's about dang time that we talk about that cover song. I think so. Do what we say, that's the way we kick it. See my noisy cricket get wicked on you. When your first lives and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. Don't fear us, cheer us. So we're in agreement. Yes. This cover rips. Ah, oh, it rules. All right. End of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I must admit I was a little skeptical when you were like, "Yep, yeah, it's going to be forever the sickest kids covering Men in Black." I was like, "Ooh." This could only end badly, but I was surprised and delighted that it didn't. Yeah. It's so good. It's just so good. It's, I mean, because you listened to it when I showed it to you, and your first response was, it sounds like Patrick Stump singing the, here come the man in black. It does sound like Patrick. Um, Patrick being the frontman for Fallout Boy. Um it sounds a lot like him, and we could be forgiven for thinking that because he has worked with Forever the Sickest Kids. Like, he's written a song for them, or co-written, co-produced a song yeah. for them. There isn't anywhere that I've been able to find, at least, that says it is him. I get the feeling the frontman of this band is just very much inspired by him, or just has a similar... They are. They're inspired by bands yeah. like Blink, Fallout Boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we listened to another one of their songs, and the, I think there's three. I think they've got three singers. Yeah, but the one who sounds like Patrick, kind of in that other song, also sort of sounds like Patrick to my ears. Yeah, I'm not the Fallout Boy aficionado. Oh no, it, it sounds like Patrick to me. Like I, my ears pricked up. I was like, oh, like, um, but yeah, and. Again, like, we could be forgiven for it, because he's done guest vocals on a yeah. lot of songs. I also just feel this was 2008. This was when Fallout Boy was... So, 2008... Um, they would have been just about due to release Folly Adieu, I think. And that was when they were about to... They were they were basic. They basically exploded by then. They were big by then. So, you wouldn't... If you had Patrick Stump on your song, you would, adv- you would advertise that you had Patrick Stump on your song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, 2008, Folly Adieu. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like it could, it would have made sense in a from a marketing perspective. So, yeah, I suspect it wasn't him because they would have 
plastered all over the song. Absolutely. Hey, did you know that this song has Patrick Stump in it? Yes, I did, because you've told me ten times now. <laughs> Just like, hey, did you know Adam Levine is in Maroon 5? Absolutely. He is Maroon 5. He is. I think the thing that I... I think one of the things that I love about this song, and it kind of... I'm not going to say tongue-in-cheek, but it knows that it's that it's a cheesy song. Yeah. It's very much just having a good time with it. But it it adds in every sort of element of the scene in terms of, yes. like, it has, it has a breakdown in it. It has a gang vocal in it. Oh, so good. They don't sacrifice the disgustingly good bass line to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, like, they know it's a cheesy song, and they're doing it in a way that's, it's earnest, but still somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's, yeah. they're not taking it 100% seriously, which would just make it like, what are you doing? I'm trying to think of a way that you can make fun of something respectfully. Well, yeah, like, that's it. It's sort of a like... roast. It's like an affectionate sort of handling of the song. Like, yeah. It's obviously a song there. I suspect that the members are in a similar age bracket to us. Yeah, so they would have seen the movie. They would have heard the song. Yeah. They probably owned the single. Yeah, so they do it well, but they're not doing it in a way that's taking the piss. No. But then they're also not on the other end of the spectrum, like, taking it way too seriously, which would just make it come across really... Like, there's no growls or anything in it. No. 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 It's it's fun. Like they just they have fun with it. I really like it. Yeah. One thing I really like about this song, and it wasn't a conscious choice in any sense, um, but it's just sort of a happy accident. One of the, like the opening verse, the first line is the good guys dress in black. Remember that. And <laughs> I just I love that that ties in so well with the scene at the time, like with yeah. emo culture, with pop punk culture, like. You dress in black, that is your uniform. Like, I used to identify with that a lot. Like, my wardrobe was just black, save for a few, like, slightly colourful band t-shirts and things. I mean, I'm still in there. <laughs> black, black hides my... Black doesn't stain my... When I get sweaty armpits. So I don't get, I don't get pit stains, and it's also slimming. Yeah. I, 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 I wear a lot of black clothes. It's a good... And we live in Melbourne. Everyone wears black in Melbourne. Um... But yeah, I just thought that was a really cute little serendipitous thing that, like, the good guys being my fellow pop punkers, my fellow emos, like, we dress in black. So if you're looking out for the good ones, like, you'll be able to pick them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great song. And, like, the gang vocals, I love that it's at that key point of, like, what's that stand for? Yeah, yeah, black. black. Like... It's and then, then then that leads into the breakdown. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And that's when they would be dancing. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Like, if any band, like, let alone Forever the Sickest Kids, like, if any band had performed this at a show that I'd gone to as a teenager, like, I would have lost my shit. Yeah. I would still lose my shit. Yeah. Like, it's just so fun. This is what a cover should be like. Yeah. Like, respectful of the original. But super fun. Yeah. And look, there's always going to be something inherently embarrassing about predominantly white musicians and predominantly white bands covering R&B music, hip-hop music, like a traditionally black-centric yeah. genre, because it just 
it could it can very well come across as being appropriation or just and we're gonna have to explore it deeper with more of the crunk songs absolutely but this is sort of a really easy one because it's a song about a, a song for a movie it's yeah it's about not, aliens it's not dealing with anything particularly hard hitting in terms of black american culture for instance no it is a song about a non-existent or maybe it does exist who knows Ooh. yeah let's get um, tom DeLong on the pod we should um but yeah like this is they it's just it's perfect they handle it well and yeah, I'm sure there will absolutely be like more crunk, punk, punk goes crunk songs where we will have to sort of step back and be like, okay, this is probably a bit tone deaf in terms of them handling this song or choosing to do this song or how they represent the song. Well, it's from one of the pop ones, When Falling in Reverse Does Gangster's Paradise. Oof. And the film clip is very white Ronnie Radke Ugh. standing next to Coolio. Yeah. But anyway, this, it's just, it's perfect. I love it so much. What do you, what do you prefer, this or the um, Harvey Danger cover by Chiodos? Ooh. Because that was very good as well. I think I, ooh. Now that you say that, that's really hard. Because that was a really good cover as well. Mm. Yeah. We've been lucky. Um, I don't know. I can't even remember what last week's one was. Oh, the Maroon 5 one. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I was very impressed by this. And as someone who didn't actually really get into Forever the Sickest Kids, like, I always loved the band name. I was always like, yeah. that is cool. And then that was about as far as I engaged with them. Could you have, at a different time, seen yourself getting into them? Possibly. I think in terms of their musical style, like we were saying before we hit record, like, they definitely... They lean into the pop element of pop punk. Yeah. And I did enjoy bands that did do that, like... But you want more of the punk side of pop punk. Yeah. yeah. I think in this case, because, like, we've listened to a couple of their singles, um, and there was, like, they're fine. They're enjoyable. and Like, fine, that sounds really awful. Like, they're good. They're not necessarily my idea of a good time. But, um, they yeah... Like, I did used to listen to the likes of, like, Metro Station, which, haha, that's... Uh, Metro Station, The Cab for a Minute, um, All Time Low, We The Kings, like, those ones that are very sort of saccharine, sweet, yeah, pop punk. But something about this one... Well, yeah, you Google them and they say they're a pop band, just in the yeah. subheader on Google. Um, but, yeah... I remember them being around and being a big thing, and I was always, yeah, it was like, it was the equivalent of like, if you, I don't know, <laughs> worked in an office with someone, and then you see them in the street, and you've never actually spoken to them, but you give them a nod as you pass, or like, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. You recognise them, you're not necessarily going to stop and listen to them, but stop and speak to them, but yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, like, their, I think their debut album... Uh, underdog alma mater was released in tw- 2008 so i would have been in year 12 i would have been i was still very much involved in that kind of music but that's when it was starting to taper off in terms of the music being commercially big enough that it was a thing i could still engage with if that makes sense yeah like after about 2010 even 
Like, I reckon, like, Danger Days by My Chemical Romance pretty much marked the end of it, and then it just kind of tapered off from there. Yeah. And a lot of what I listen to now is just the same ten songs from 2005. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, uh... You need some kind of divine saviour to give yourself some new songs. That's my next segue, leading into the next... Ah, of this is um This is one that we kind of initially were like, well, we're not going to get many other covers, but then we discovered that we had covers. I would have also welcomed a wigwag for this. I love that you have just shoehorned the concept of a wigwag into this podcast. Yeah, no, I would, I would welcome a wigwag because it would just be... It would just be really bizarre, and I want to see it. So, for those of you who might have missed it the first couple of times we've talked, a wigwag is a white girl with a guitar. Acoustic guitar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to picture that, and I can't. No, I know. How funny is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but instead, we got... Uh, they are a church group by the name of... Church by the Glades. Church by the Glades. Um, they are a U.S. church. Um, we suspect that they're sort of a small-scale version of, like, the likes of Hillsong or Planet Shakers, that kind of thing. Or at least they're going for that kind of vibe within their church community. Yeah, we're gonna... The clip will be short because it's more of a visual medium for this one. So, yeah. You just need to check it out on YouTube. Please do. Like, it is very high production. Let me see you just bounce with me, just bounce with me, just bounce with me, come on, let me see you just slide with me, just slide with me, just slide with me, come on, let me see you take a walk with me, just walk with me, take a walk with me, come on, let me make your neck work. Now freeze. And for those who, I don't know if Hillsong and Planet Shake is a, like a worldwide thing. Hillsong is, because Justin Bieber is part of it. Oh, okay. But Planet Shakers, I'm not too sure. Actually, I think Planet Shakers is too. But Planet Shakers and Hillsong, they're, they're those kind of church groups. If uh, This is coming from someone who only went to one church thing in his life because his mum wanted to go and sing some church songs, so she took him along. And I literally, it was just people sitting at tables reading lyrics off of a projector screen and I literally <laughs> sang nothing. Yeah. And mum was like, no, no, come and there'll be games and there'll be pizza and there'll be other kids. And all the other kids wanted to do was sing off the projector and nobody played games and there was no pizza. It's just, it was just, <laughs> that was, that was the experience. So that was my only, and besides, you know, the odd wedding and funeral here and there. Yeah. They're the only times I've been inside a church. So I don't really get it, but like, I don't really, I'm not, when I say I don't really get it, I mean, just like, I'm not, I don't. I'm not partly get that thing. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that Hillsong and Planet Shakers, they're this sort of like run by younger people, sort of like, hey, Christianity yeah. can be cool. See, yeah, I went to an Anglican high school. We, like, I'm not religious. Um, the uh, Yeah, my parents pretty much operated on the idea of we'll let you figure it out for yourself if you yeah. want to believe or and not that's believe. Good. And that was the same with me. So... Yeah, I was at church fairly frequently, just in terms of, like, those school events. Um, just that classic thing. I was that kid in class who, when everyone was receiving communion, I just had to go up with my arms crossed and get a blessing of some sort. Um, but yeah, I went to school with kids who 
were huge into like Planet Shakers, Hillsong, that kind of thing. And it's, yeah, yeah a very sort of youth focused, like energetic way of worshipping, like live performances, like the whole, like full bands, lots of like audio visual elements, like, and yeah, then they have those congregations and like they'll have big concerts in like Sydney or something like yeah it's it's like a huge high production thing and that's um, and like looking into church by the glades it's very much like they're sort of going after pop culture themes yeah like trying to do like game of thrones stuff yep. and whatnot i we didn't watch any of their other stuff this one though like it was worth a watch like it's nuts how much production value goes into it and I was expecting it to be... I was expecting somewhere for them to change the lyrics into, you know, something about God or Jesus. They don't. They just perform Men in Black. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> and to me, like, that... I find it interesting. Like, they're singing about aliens and, like, it's just... It's a true rendition of the song. But to me, I feel like that would somewhat go against the concept of religion having extraterrestrial activity i don't know see i've been watching a lot of american dad this week and they not not in the previous season that i've watched but there's an episode with uh armageddon the apocalypse armageddon like seven years of good versus evil and like jesus comes back and leads the army of heaven against hell and there's a moment where jesus sees roger and he's like oh an alien one of my father's previous projects. <laughs> so I guess, I guess in that sense, like one, they probably, they might be kind of cool enough that they're just like, it's a movie. Like yeah. someone can, someone can play an alien. Someone can even portray the devil in a movie. And it doesn't mean that they're going to hell. Yeah. Um, not that we believe in a heaven or hell, but, yeah. um, but just like, they might also think, well, if there's aliens, well, then God's created the aliens. Yeah, you know? yeah fair. Um, I guess, for me, like, in terms of marketing their church, I don't know what it's achieving. No. <laughs> Besides them probably just having a bit of fun. Yeah, and I get like, yeah, I guess that's it. That's just portraying, like, we're not your regular stuffy church. We have fun yeah. with that kind of thing. So yeah. I can respect that. Um, I, I just, I find it funny how high production the video is, the stage set up. They've got, like, lights and visual components, and they've got smoke machines. Yeah, smoke machine. And choreographed dancing and, like, costumes and a full band and all this kind of stuff. But their performance is ultimately just quite run-of-the-mill. Yeah. Like, the woman who does the other vocals, like, she's good. The guy, he can hold a tune, but it's not really a song that relies on... No, you're just rapping. I'm not going to say just rap, but, you know. but yeah, like it doesn't require any particular skill and it's just kind of like, okay. So like it's so high production value and then the performance itself is just like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. like, so it's kind of, it's funny. Like it's kind of like a for effort, but also just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not like, we're not mad that you did it. We're just kind of, you know, we're also not in, ecstatic about it either yeah it's just like okay that's fine and that's all that's sort of how i feel about our second of three covers which is by none other than elvin and the chipmunks great <laughs> 
Alvin and the Chipmunks, they did a cover of Men in Black for another bizarro compilation album known as The A-Files, colon, Alien Songs. Isn't it amazing that they were able to train those chipmunks to sing? And I know. Even more amazing that they trained them to rap? Yeah. It's truly a feat of modern science. So, The A-Files was released in 1998, and of course, as you might have guessed by the title, the concept of the album was it was a parody of the Fox TV series, The X-Files. I don't quite understand where they're getting that from, if that makes sense. like uh, Because there's no alien-themed songs from The X-Files? Yeah, and... it's literally just all... So, like, oh my gosh. So, just looking at the track listing for it. So, they've done a cover of the Purple People Eater. They've done a cover of the X-Files theme somehow. Would that just be chipmunks going, do 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 Yeah, no, that's really... that's quite confusing anyway they've done rocket man they've done venus they did the time warp star wars cantina band so but like some of these are instrumentals some of them are not even about so like venus is in like yeah baby she's got it yeah i'm your venus yeah what was the other one you said after that uh the time warp so rocky horror picture show I mean, I guess Rocky Horror, they were aliens. Like, it's that... sci-fi, but, I, yeah. I don't... So, the concept is literally just, haha, we'll call it the A-Files, and we'll put a big A in the style of the X on the cover. This is... It's such a... It's such a reach. It's so... <laughs> it's, nah, come on, guys. So, that's... Yeah, that's... This is pretty much how I feel about the Church by the Glades one, like... Good on you for having a go. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't fully understand. Like, I don't understand your decision, but sure. Who was this Who was this for? And cause, Because was Alvin and the Chipmunks really... Had they had a popularity resurgence in 1998? Obviously, they were trying to get them to... Because I knew of the Chipmunks. I knew of Alvin, but I just... Yeah. I didn't care about the Chipmunks. I think one thing... <laughs> One thing that tickles me about this is the album is classified as being Eurodance. <laughs> as well as rock, children's, and then pop music, but just... And here we have the Men in Black song <laughs> as performed by Elvin in the Chipmunks. <laughs> the Chipmunks. <laughs> so, so, Hear this and get, und get down. So, needless to say, all music gave the album a 2.5 out of 5. So, for all intents and purposes, it's just a truly mediocre album. It's so <laughs> and mediocre. so is the cover, to be honest. So It's so mediocre. Look, it would be dope if we got another really slowed down version of this, but oh, we don't. We don't. We don't. I, so. would, oh, I would love for that to happen. But yeah. So, that's just a fun little <laughs> side. So, our final couple cover, I should say remix, that is the opposite of the two former ones, is... Yeah, I like that we've, we've, we've started to pick out... We've started to work out a way to end on a good note. Sort of like a palate cleanser. Like, yeah. yeah, these ones were a bit shit, but here's a really great one. So, I... God, I love this guy. So... I am a little bit fuzzy on the pronunciation, so I apologise. Neil Sissurega, kids from my generation, or like mid-2000s internet era kids, would have known his first or earlier work from 
the Potter Puppet Pals series, which was essentially just hand puppets of Harry Potter characters getting into wacky YouTube-y kind of yeah. situations. Like, it was just very, sort of like proto, like, meme one of them era. has one of them has a ridiculous amount of views, like a few hundred million views. Yeah, the mysterious ticking noise, I yeah. imagine. Um, I found it hilarious when I was a kid. It's not as hilarious now, but I still find it entertaining. You know, it was a hilarious video. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie the unicorn. What? Oh my god! As was the duck song. Yes. Let's just do a podcast where we talk about funny YouTube videos. Oh, don't I. I can't spend any more time on the internet than I already do. Um, so yeah, Neil. So Potter Puppet Pals. And he's just, he's sort of the face of like the ongoing face of meme culture. Yeah. Among it. Or like not the face, but like one of the faces. And one of my favorite things that he has done is his musical remix albums, which all sort of fall under the category of being adjacent to Shrek or All-Star by Smash Mouth in some form, which I find truly delightful. You know know what I found that was funny? Because on the one that's on, that this is from, the mm -hmm. album that this song is from, what's that album? It is Mouth Moo? No, Mouth Sounds. Mouth Sounds. And it's got the, along the side, like, Huey's remixed, and it's got, it's Huey Lewis and the News, but he's written Huey Lewis and his News. Yeah. <laughs> so he's... And that, like, just judging by his videos, that definitely feels like it's purposeful. He, yeah, oh, God, yeah. I think that's what I love so much about him, is I feel like we're not really doing him justice in terms of describing him. I'm sure he'll crop back up somewhere down the line. Probably. But, so, yeah. His, like, his finest works to me are Mouth Sounds, Mouth Silence, and Mouth Moods, which are all just long-form remixes, like, mashups, mega-mixes of songs and memes and pop culture, and a lot of it is, like, just the common thread running through a lot of them is All Star by Smash Mouth, and it is amazing. Yeah. So anyway, Mouth Sounds has a cover, cover, a remix of the Men in Black theme song, which is titled Vivid Memories Turn Into Fantasies. Bees. Bees. Now freeze. I love it. Like, this music, these, like, those three albums in particular, they're funny, they're meant to be sort of meme and silly and funny and internet culture. They are genuinely good. It's it's very creative. Like, it is very... To, to be able to... I kind of used to shit on it, but to be able to actually hear this and go, oh, I can do this, or yeah. I can put this element from this other song here, it does take... Yeah. A, it takes a very creative ear. Yeah. To be able to do that sort of stuff. I, I, what the part that really gets me is the, when it starts to like, 
it's the woman singing like ah ha ha. I can't hit the high note, but it also has like video gamey sounding. Yes, and that's music like music to it, and I love video game music. Like Neil's work is so multi layered. Like it's never just like it isn't like your well not even, like girl talk for instance. Like he will chuck in like maybe three or four things and sort of have them going or like. It's dynamic, but there's just something about Neil's work that just takes it next level. Like, yeah, and the fact that it does pull from so many different elements of pop culture, it isn't just here are some songs that work well together. Like, it's here are some songs and some video themes or like video game themes and some memes. Like, at one point, he integrates that Windows 95 98 instructional thing that, um. Jennifer uh, Aniston and what's Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry did for Microsoft. Like, he just borrows so many different things from just internet culture at large and then chops and screws them and puts them together and creates things like this where, yeah, surface level, it's funny. It's funny having it be like, what that stand for? Bees. Like... That's all he... That's all he gets Will Smith saying as well, is what's that stand for? And I think there's uh, there's men some in. other yeah it, it's it's what's that stand for bees what's that stand for men in black yeah but then there's also the hypnotizer normalizer blah 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 oh really yes huh. we might need to edit this no nah, that's fine <laughs> um I'm I'm not afraid to be wrong on the podcast um where was I so it's yeah so like on the surface funny joke Mimi Smash Mouth it's funny. But it's genuinely good. And, like, there is a genuine drop in this, which is sick. And I find myself listening to these albums when I am stressed. Because for some reason, just that it's that perfect mishmash of stuff where I can concentrate really well when I listen to it. I don't know why. Okay. And I love it. Like, if I need to be productive or if I'm under a time crunch at work or I'm feeling, like, under the pump, I put this on and something about it just... Yeah, it helps my brain to just sort of get into work mode and smash stuff oh, out. Wow. It's, like, productivity is so good. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, like, I thoroughly enjoy listening to these albums. Like, beyond the humour of them, they're just so good. Mine is the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack. For productivity. Nice. Yeah, I could... If I had a day where it was like, I want to sit down and... Because I am trying to i am an aspiring writer yes and if it was like i want to write for four hours i could put that on the final fantasy 8 soundtrack and because that goes for about four hours Mm -hmm. and get through it nice and just yeah come out come out all right yeah yeah see yeah like my line of work because i'm an editor if i'm editing like doing actual editing work i cannot listen to a podcast for instance no like I know some people who can somehow, I think, and I don't know how they do it. Well, even you, like, when you're editing this podcast and you're also watching the wrestling, like, on mute, to be fair, but I do not know how you can do that. Because a lot of it is just listening. Yeah. Making sure that that there's no weird audio stuff. Spotting when it, like, when it spikes and the rest of it is just, because you have to listen to it all. So, yeah, I just, I find it. I don't see there being a problem watching the wrestling while doing yeah. that. So, yeah, like, my line of work, if I am working with words, I cannot listen to predominantly words. 
I can listen to music that I know well because my brain just sort of knows what's coming next and it can kind of relax and it's not like, oh, that's interesting. Like, ooh. But then for some reason, there's just something about this music. It just, it's not white noise because I thoroughly enjoy it and I get into it, but it's enough different elements of things that my brain doesn't latch onto anything. Yeah. And I can just sort of go into a flow state. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm reading, I have to, and I want to listen to something, like usually I'm just fine with just reading. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I want to listen to something. So it has to be something that either has no vocals. Yep. Vocals not in English. Yep. Or death metal. Yeah. So, but like death doom metal, which is slow. Yep. But, Sludgy kind of. Yeah. But yep. also very deep growly vocals. So I can't. Yep. I can't pick up what they're saying. Because yeah. if I hear a word, then it's, yeah, interrupting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad we got to round off this episode with that because it's truly a banger. Um, in our show notes, I'll chuck in the link to Neil's work so you can explore it for yourself. It's great. It's a fun. It is great. Like, oh, here's Lenny Kravitz's cover, in inverted commas, of Fly Away is the funniest thing. That is very funny. It was him that did that. And I think that's, like, to me... What like what I love so much about a lot of his work is it sort of just lapses into like uncanny valley kind of stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of things he'll sort of start them off normal and then like he'll sub in a word for another word or he'll take a sound and just make it sound slightly bent and it's unsettling and it just sort of escalates from there. Like yeah. it's just so clever. Like, ugh. Can't get enough of it. So yeah. Though I'm sure you, listener, have probably gotten enough of us, as this is... It will probably still, even with edits, be rounded down, rounded up to nearly two hours. Oh, Christ. Anyway. I just... What a great song. A great song. Great cover. Great cover. Great Neil. Yeah. One of the best Neils. He's up there with Neil Armstrong. He is. So, thank you for bearing with us. On this journey through Fearless Records, Punk Goes. On our scale that we tend to forget about. Oh my god, yeah. That we may have done it on the first two episodes. Yeah. And are now remembering to do it again in episode six. We obviously give it a hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah on both counts. Yep, not a, not a yeah, nah. No, a very enthusiastic and sustained hell yeah. Yep. Um, and my as... longest hell yeah ever. As for next week, yes, we are delving into Punk Goes Metal. I am going to be completely out of my depth on this one. So am I. I've never heard of this band before. Oh. So who are we covering next week? So Tesla, with the song Love Song, as covered by Ten Foot Pole. I haven't heard this band before, so I'm assuming it's kind of like a, a hair metal band like Poison or okay. Whitesnake. So we'll... We'll discover that next week. Maybe it's Elon Musk's side project. Oh, yeah, he would just name his band Tesla. I mean, like, him and Grimes would probably just do a thing. Anyway, that's about enough attention that I need to give Elon Musk ever in my life. Yeah, so, that's fine. I Look, our show notes have workshopping a sign-off. I think we've given you guys enough to wrap your listening gear around. I think so. We'll, we'll do it another... We'll shelve that for another time. Well, yeah. You know, by the end of the series, we'll maybe have a sign-off. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Until then, 
thank you for listening. Have a good week. And remember, the good guys dress in black. We'll see you next week. Bye.